Alright, don your life vest, people. It's time to talk about the spoileriest of spoilers out there today, this week-ish. It's been a week since it came out, right? <laughs> That's okay. You need a little bit of time, and I think it was probably worth it. Welcome to the weirdest of the discussions of the Bright Sessions finale you might listen to, <laughs> because I hadn't... I went from four episodes of the Bright Sessions to all of the episodes of the Bright Sessions in less than a week. Yeah, before we even dive into the spoilers, I kind of want to dive into that fucking whirlwind of emotions you just put yourself through. Okay, so first things first, who's your favorite? (sighs) See, that's the thing, like, I I (laughs) wanted to touch on this, really, uh... One of my favorite things about the Bright Sessions is the titular character kind of is the worst character, or at least oh, for me, like asshole. Well, that's I love her. She, uh, uh, Julia Morozawa is a fantastic voice actor. Uh, Doctor Bright is an interesting character, but it's kind of like Wolverine being your favorite X Man. Like, there's so many, there's so many more enjoyable things going on, and honestly, it's got to be Caleb. <laughs> Oh, Caleb's so sweet and so good. He's my very extremely good sweet son. I love Caleb. I... He just doesn't know how to feelings. And as someone who was homeschooled and didn't start socializing until the age of 19, like, Caleb really mirrors a lot of my experiences. Don't let me make this a conversation about masculinity using you as a jumping off point um, because that's rude i think that there's some discussion that could be had there but oh no I they're totally that's... i mean his, his whole first <laughs> session is him breaking out of that football like yeah way of mind maybe like, hold up Caleb... okay wait <laughs> real quick real quick real quick yes i think we fucked up a little yes, we should talk we about what we're doing <laughs> we should talk about what we're doing so the Bright Sessions is this mega popular podcast, or at least should be. Uh, it's it's mm-hmm. weird, Will. The the circles we hang out in, I build up certain podcasts in my head as being like bigger than Welcome to Night Vale, and then oh, I look same. at their Twitter and they have they have like two thousand followers. I'm like, oh fuck. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Why? No, I totally do the same thing. Like, in my head, there are these huge superstars. And I'm like, how are people listening to these other things? Like, how how is the Bright Sessions not literally just a household name at this point? How is it not, like, being discussed on the level of, like, TV shows? Yes. Yeah, so it is. It's an incredible audio drama. It's been around for quite some time. It finished its fourth season, and that was its series finale. It's going to have some spinoffs, some adaptations. Um We are delving into its very last episode because, like Gavin said, he just finished it. So if you haven't gotten caught up, it is a serialized story. Don't listen to this. Go away. You have plenty of content. I can attest. I did the math and at one one point it just messaged Will. I got 12 hours of bright sessions. (laughs) How did you like it, though, Gavin? Did you enjoy it? I enjoyed the the ninety nine percent of it I listened to. I actually haven't heard for Mark number two or three. Oh, I know those are important, like, and they are. Yeah, it's actually the one time I skip something. Oh. They keep referencing it. Yeah, it, like oh, I, re- I realize I, I messed up there, but like there was a lot to listen to. Also, I'm I'm just kind of an asshole in that I just kind of. Like, bonus episodes are funsies, but whenever I'm trying to, like, get the meat of a podcast done, I skip them for now. I'm I'm one of those people who doesn't read prologues and books or, or shit like that. 
But yeah, Dr. Bright, the the 56-minute... I'm going to re-download it here real quick. I can tell you it's 122 megabytes. Uh, <laughs> the nearly hour-long finale, which is a thing I have touched on in previous podcast reviews. I think I talked about it in my my review of the Scottish podcast, or a Scottish podcast. It's hard to get me to like a super long episode of a thing that has had kind of consistent runtimes. But this mm-hmm. one had to touch on every character, you know, to like mm-hmm. fully finish it out. Yeah. And it feels like it appropriately does things differently in the way that the Bright Sessions does things differently throughout the entire run of the show. Like, yeah, no one dies. Absolutely. No one has cancer. No one gets shot. Like, all these things that I expected to happen because I've watched television once, you know. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they did not happen in the bright sessions. Like there are flawed people that make flawed choices, and there is no yes no answer to anything. But it also doesn't play in that stupid South Park middle ground where everything has to be in the middle. Right. If that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I I love. So I don't want to give too much of this away because this is not an Ars Paradoxica spoilers ahoy, but. <laughs> The Bright Sessions is one of four big landmark audio dramas um, ending this year. So, well, technically, Wolf 359 ended tail end of last year. Yeah. And we had ours, and then we had the Bright Sessions, and Our Fair City is wrapping up as well. God help me if I'd, had li- if I'd had to listen to all of <laughs> Wolf 359 in one shot, like, jeez. Oh my god, you'd literally die. Yeah. <laughs> but So, Wolf had... I mean, a pretty, a pretty massive, massive ending, which I think is very fitting. Um, ours had a much quieter end than I was suspecting, which I love. And the Bright Sessions um, seems like it's pulling right in the middle. Yeah. And I don't want to delve into this too deep because we're already... Because <laughs> I, I could talk about this forever. Yeah. But I disagree with you about Dr. Bright. Uh, um again i don't want to say she's the least interesting <laughs> character she is not i but she's also my... the first character <laughs> if that See, makes sense I, what you, no what do you mean by worst well not first uh or not worst character she's like the first one you interact with her name's oh, oh, on the oh. show yeah okay sorry i totally misheard you and i think oh, said gotcha. worst, and i was like i'm ready to throw the fuck down oh, no the worst character is damien but in like a good worst way <laughs> yeah oh god he's so well written i hate him so much that character um, like i don't want to spend too much time on any one character but like damien <laughs> damien just just blows my mind because like yeah. one thing you'll bump into in podcasting and just media in general is a character will be representative of one thing so like with the Bryce sessions, when I hadn't really nailed how Lauren Shippen writes, I was trying to figure, oh, well, Damien represents toxic relationships. Like, you know, I was trying to figure mm-hmm. out everyone's one thing, but no one is one yeah. thing in the Bright sessions. No, they're so multifaceted. And like, yeah, um, I also don't want to get into too much of the Damien story, but I will say that as somebody who is a survivor of abuse um i love everything about how his story was written and mark's story specifically and i love that damien was not in the finale 
Yes, yeah. He's gone in episode I think it's before. incredibly important. Yeah. But the shadow um, of him is still there. It's still there. Absolutely. And it always will and, be. Yeah, exa- exactly. And it's um, it's something that comes through so much in, like, Mark's song, which fucking destroyed me. Yeah. By the way, in the musical episode. But with, um, I want to go back to Dr. Bright real quick. One thing I love is that ostensibly she doesn't necessarily have too much of a character arc if you're just looking at it through the lens of her as the therapist. But she is so subtle in how she changes, uh, I would say, mostly in thanks, not just to Lauren Shippen's writing, but Julia Morizawa's just masterful performance. Of course, yeah. We see her move from emotion to emotion, but like still stay so firmly as Dr. Bright with these little, like, touches of her being more Joan sometimes. And what I think is so brilliant about the finale is that we hear her not just like be fully Joan, but also talk about her feelings for literally the first time. Like she's talked about her philosophies before, but this was the first time that she actually talked about feelings. Yeah. Which I think is so brilliant and such a like gorgeous cyclical end to this, you know, like having the therapist talk about her feelings is just so good. Did you see, I don't know if the Bright Sessions retweeted it or if it was someone I know or you know, maybe it was Ellie, but there was (laughs) this piece of fan art that was Sam sitting in, on the left panel, it was Sam in the first episode. Yes, oh my god, I know exactly what you're talking about. And the the second panel was her holding a box, leaving the office, like that final scene. Yes. That perfectly wraps up what's amazing about the show is that like i think the thing that really grabs me about the bright sessions as a whole and the finales in particular is it's like the characters are so real that nothing is really super satisfying or Mm -hmm, and and nothing mm -hmm. really concrete ever happens (laughs) but in a good way (laughs) in in such a great way i think that it is so brave that the Bright Sessions does this. Like, we don't get a lot of media that isn't plot forward yeah. right now. And the Bright Sessions has a plot, but it is not plot forward. And it feels I like it love at the beginning. that. Huh? The first couple, I mean, the first couple of uploads, you hear this shit about, like, she's planning a raid and you think mm-hmm, it's going to be mm-hmm. this, like, like, everyone makes the joke about it's not X-Men in therapy. But at the beginning, it right. kind of, like, if you're trying to extrapolate, it feels like it's going to be that. Right. And then it doesn't. And then it doesn't. Like, um, Mark and Sam do not work. Like, for, on a, on paper, her power yeah, makes her a not compatible person for Mark. Yeah, let's but talk about that just... a little bit, because I think that was a super bold choice, and I was not prepared. Because we talk about how things aren't satisfying, and yeah. as listeners, if you're listening to this, I hope you've, you've listened, listened to the Sessions finale. <laughs> they don't necessarily wind up together. It ends with Mark going off and doing his own thing. And Sam maybe thinking about going with him, maybe not. We were talking about this a little bit in, um, I was doing a live lesson yeah. of the finale in my Discord. And there was, uh, I mean, there was, people didn't agree about how that went. Some people were like, oh no, I'm so heartbroken. I wish that they would just, you know, like, I wish this would have worked out well. I wish they would still be together. She should go with him. And I was over here like, hell no. I, wi- I wish Ross was with Rachel and Joey was with Phoebe and like right. everything has to match up. <laughs> I do think, 
I, I totally understand that perspective. And I I could see myself agreeing with it. Like, don't get me wrong. Part of me was like, oh, no, my heart's really broken. I loved this relationship. But at the same time, I love that the Bright Sessions... The Bright Sessions understands that it has a fan base and that its fan base has shippers. Yes. And it respects this. And it appreciates this deeply. But the Bright Sessions also understands that it's a story about people who are and very people, people genuine. And people don't do solid things, usually. Exactly. And it also is aware that it's a story that has responsibility. Yes. And it's a story that talks about relationships and what is healthy and what is not. And I think it is really powerful and really moving that these two characters are taking some time away from each other. I think showing that in a way that's not even heartbreaking, but just them being mindful, I think that that's really, really, really powerful. They didn't have a huge throwdown fight, and one just yeah. runs away and gets written out of the show like Jess and fucking Gilmore Girls. Like, they, <laughs> they, they, they are apart. Like, let's be honest. In yeah. real world speak, Mark and Sam are done, but... There's that maybe, because in the in real life, there is still going to be a maybe. They're going to talk on Facebook. They're going to call each other. They will mm -hmm. drift apart over months, maybe. Or maybe, maybe, just maybe, well, maybe they start right. dating at the end of the concert to run or whatever. Like, maybe the bonus episodes go there. Who knows? Right. I wouldn't, I, I would not be shocked if that's what happened. And if that were to happen, I would actually be pretty happy. Um, I think that... I could see them being together as long as they have time apart where they can grow. I think that that time apart is going to be really important. Yes. Do you think uh, Caleb and Adam have a chance in hell? Gavin, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not fun to think about, but like... When, Gavin! When you start, when you, when no. you start flirting with that whole Gavin. different colleges thing... <laughs> Don't you just don't say words to me. I'm I'm like never a shipper. Like I it's not something I do. Like we've talked about it before. For me, fictional characters exist on the page or in the audio, whatever, and then they stop existing. But these are my boys. Yeah, no, the, 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 <laughs> they're they're really I don't I, I really don't know how to say anything genuinely impactful about this, but the voice actors of the Bright Sessions are just fucking phenomenal in their delivery right? of everything. Yeah, yeah, just such a fucking killer cast. Um, I want to talk a little bit while we're talking about the cast about Ian McEwen yeah. um, as Agent Green. Ooh, so, holy shit. God, when, when he was first introduced, I was like, this slimy manipulative yeah. motherfucker yeah, 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 yeah. g-man kind of yeah yeah i i was not having it and now <laughs> in this last episode there are these moments where he gets like really flirtatious and i don't know if it's because i've also listened to star tripper and festin is just oh yeah that that is a like, thing <laughs> right but also i think that his delivery is just fantastic and i i bought it I bought his development, which is, again, also obviously a credit to Lauren Shippen um, and her writing. But I, like, his performance was so real. You know, everybody is so good at having these, like, massive changes in the character, but still sounding exactly like the character in a way that makes, you know, that makes that development really authentic feeling. And 
I loved these bits with Agent Green. I loved them. See that? See, you asked me when the when we started recording, who's my favorite character, and like, yeah, emotionally, I have to say Caleb. But right from like an interesting development standpoint, like Agent Green. Yeah, you like he makes the most. I like. I would argue, and I know this sounds like a huge like line in the sand comment, but like I feel the most salient point made about the AM, about the characters in the show, is Green mm-hmm. saying, maybe we need people who have messed up and will recognize they have messed up. And not yeah, just I love someone that moment. Perfect. Yeah, that moment where Joan was like, oh, you think I'm a good enough person for this? And he was like, fuck no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and the fact I that he is an ex who fully embraces that he is an ex and that yeah. is Yeah, yeah. I also love that basically the finale was like, <laughs> like Agent Green talking to Dr. Bright and talking to Sam and saying, listen, none of us are a good person. But with our three <laughs> powers combined, we could maybe make up together one good person. With our powers combined, we will be, we will summon Captain Ethics. <laughs> So yeah, exactly. <laughs> has the bright sessions been optioned for something video e? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It got optioned for TV. Um, it's currently in the works. It is through, I believe, Dark Horse. Talking to people who manage, um, I think some CW shows and some Netflix shows. Um, it's also been optioned for a trilogy book series, which I am so excited excited for. Yeah, that's gonna be by a uh, tour which is the same publisher as the Steal the Stars novel. Yeah, um, I could totally see it Really Tor. exciting. Yeah, it's really exciting to see Tor um, dipping their toes into partnering with uh, podcasts a little bit more. Um, this is one of the... So, so far for, for book tie-ins, just in an audio drama, like overall, we've gotten the tie-in for Steal the Stars. Yeah. We've gotten the Limetown prequel. And now the... Bright Sessions trilogy, and I think that all of these make perfect sense um, in novel form. This open-ended wait for the show. I mean, from a narrative perspective, the open-ended finale. You know, we know there are they 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 tell you before the final finale even starts. Lauren Shippen comes in and is like, "Hey, they're going to be <laughs> there's going to be more mm-hmm. Bright Sessions content. Just this is the end of the the Bright Sessions main plot, but there's more stuff mm-hmm. happening here." Uh, I I don't know what happened but the cynic part of my brain that was sitting there going well of course it's going to be an open-ended finale because they have the options and they've got um they've got sequel shows and they need patreon people so why would they make it a solid ending but like narratively it works so well to make this so right the i mean the only thing that makes me feel like the show has a little bit of stay tuned is introducing the order at the last second Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so much so I started to ask myself, like, is the order a reference to Ars Paradoxica or is that a reference to another podcast series that I didn't know they were crossing over with? <laughs> yeah, the order is something interesting. Um initially when it was introduced, I was I was admittedly kind of wary. Yeah. Um I, I it was a very late addition for me, but I feel like in a few years, 
when I look back on this after, you know, everything else has come out, I'm going to be really grateful that it was set up when it was set up. Like, first off, I like that it was at the end because it didn't blow this story up into something bigger than it is. It's just it's something that we can build off of in future developments. Yeah, in in pedagogical terms, it's some good <laughs> scaffolding. Oh my god! I know. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, I I the order initially, yeah, I was very was very wary, but I think they're going to do some really interesting things with it in these um spinoffs and sequels and what have you. Do we know? Uh, I guess all we really know is that uh, the first bonus episode is coming on July sixteenth, seventeenth, I believe. Um, I could be wrong. Maybe it's sixteenth. Some somewhere um, in there, there is a bonus episode written by Julia Morizawa coming very soon, which yes. is which is amazing and also interesting because it's going to be the first piece of Bright Sessions content that was not written by Lauren Ship and it was edited by her, but is not written by. I think. I think that comes with a little give and take. I think that that is a very like. If we're being very technical, that is accurate. But Lauren Shippen has also talked about how much the actors informed and altered the characters. And, you know, it was something that collaborative at that point. Like, yeah, Julia Morizawa didn't, like, sit down and write a script. But I think given the input she's had on on Dr. Bright, I think that she's going to give us something really phenomenal and not too far from what we've already experienced with uh, the Bright Sessions. I liken it to when in television you will occasionally get a show that has a very tight knit crew and cast, and mm-hmm. the crew and or some of the cast end up directing episodes later on in the show's life. Yeah, um, some of the better episodes of the later seasons of uh, Stargate were uh, directed by uh, several cast members of the main cast members of the show. Oh, that's very neat. If there's anyone who knows how to write Dr. Bright, it's probably Julia Morozawa. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I know that this is about the finale, but you and I haven't talked a lot since you listened to the musical episode. Okay, can so... Can I ask you a few questions about your feelings on the musical episode? You can. Um, I do want to get ahead of what was the most emotional moment in the episode for you right off the bat. Because it oh, is what was stupid, it? and it's no one else's most emotional moment of the episode. <laughs> I must know! When the Bright Sessions theme after... Oh, when, no! Yeah, big same! When that transitions into Rose's song, when it just... It's not even the transition, it's the fact that it keeps playing past where yeah. the fade-out should have been. Yeah! That got me real hard. <laughs> Okay, so I want to I wanna tell a little bit of a behind-the-scenes story on them, <laughs> because that was one of my most emotional moments, too, but not for the same reason, I don't think. Okay. Slash that there's no possible way for the same reason. <laughs> so, um, I got the episode a little bit in advance of its drop for review purposes. Ooh la la. I know. I, like, <laughs> like for real, ooh la la, I uh, freaked out when I got that. Um. Which also, by the way, meant that I couldn't tell anybody anything, including, <laughs> like, even the concept of the episode. And I was dying. But um, when I got the email, the premise was explained in the email, but I was so excited to listen. I didn't process what the email said. Maybe, like, my eyes just skipped over, like, 
a musical episode. And I just listened to it. And so, like, the theme started, and I was like, all right, Bright Sessions. And then the theme kept going. And then she started singing, and I was like, holy shit! Like, I, like, I remember that I had my headphones in. I was sitting on my bed with my laptop in my lap. And I was, like, looking around the room as if to say, like, are you guys hearing this shit? uh, There was nobody there. And also, I was wearing headphones. (laughs) Why was it the most emotional moment for you? Uh, my from well, I'm one of the thousands of people who knew episode fifty was going to be a musical. So like, episode mm-hmm. forty nine being all about you know big show type, big old, big grand singing in the rain musicals. Uh, I'm not as like I I am in I like I like big old show tunesy musicals, but mm-hmm. I'm not as well versed in them as the characters in Bright Sessions. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I did grow up watching Singing in the Rain, Music Man. Yeah, like, it's a great one. Um, I, I used to know all the words to make him laugh. Like that, that, mm-hmm. whole, that whole aesthetic of people facing a camera that never rotates and doing lots of big dances and there's horns and shit everywhere. Like the aesthetic <laughs> of a musical is so ingrained in my... Like the Buffy musical episode was also very... Yeah. A lot once of, more with feeling. Once more with feeling was a had a lot of big, uh, big bandy stuff ingrained in it. That mm-hmm. i that that ideal, uh, and you just hear it come through the bright sessions theme in that like that brassy section part of it starts coming in and Rose starts mm-hmm. singing. It feels like there's a character on a stage and there's a spotlight, but there's obviously a giant staircase behind her for no real good reason. And <laughs> there's men in mm-hmm. white tuxes everywhere. Like the aesthetic of musical was so strong that it felt like this is a this is a natural, real progression for this episode. Like you, I believe yeah. Rose is dreamwalking and her dreamwalking is taking on the guise of a musical because of what they've just been doing. It was such a natural yeah. cohesion of. This amazing idea that I like, gotta be honest, probably I'm really glad it probably made a lot of money for the Bright Sessions through like Spotify streaming and shit like that. Um, God, I hope so. Also, because the music and is phenomenal. The plot, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was my other big question. What was your favorite song? Agent Green. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Oh, it's so good. Because I was again, not I expecting love him when to that have a show moment. just says, "Hey, you're a shitty person sometimes." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Caleb and Adam's song is so goddamn. Oh cute. yeah. Mark's song left me literally sobbing. It wasn't necessarily his song, but it was like, it, mind Doctor Bright giving like. Yeah. Just saying you're an embarrassment. Like you you you're going to amount to nothing. <laughs> like yeah. that was an emotional kicker because it's I mean Oof. you as the li- you as the listener know, I almost said watcher viewer. <laughs> you as the <laughs> listener know that's not Dr. Bright, but when he later talks about the dream and he just says oh, yeah. Joan and I talked about some shit we need to talk about, that shows how deeply ingrained his yeah. anxiety and his self-image are. Yeah, they again, they really, they really nail Mark's story. Um, it hit very close to home, <laughs> um, but in a way that it's really hard to do abuse narratives well. Yeah. Um, most media doesn't 
do it well at all. Um, I was I watched um, Cameron Esposito's recent special, and she was talking about how a lot of like abuse narratives you see are uh, the woman is abused, and then she just gets really good at swords. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, like, so, so true. Um, And they just, yeah, I'm just really, really, really impressed with how they did it and how they did the after effects of when you're out of something and the things that you carry with you. Um, And every moment with Mark was fantastic, but that song was such a concise and accurate depiction of how that feels. Can we briefly touch on the fact that the Bright Sessions writing is so phenomenal that it's, I mean, there's a couple of moments that aren't fit for broadcast television, but we we talk about concepts and ideas that are either too adult or too triggering for the scene to be, like, it would be borderline exploitative if it was outright said, but characters talk about sexual abuse they talk about Mm -hmm. um they talk about i mean straight up we just have the sex talk with caleb uh yeah but we don't talk about it and it's done in such a adult way in such a responsible way i i there are a lot of shows out there that handle these topics responsibly but the bright sessions currently for me has to be the cornerstone i point at to say here is how you do this with a character without glorifying a bad thing or uh, tropifying a perfectly good character like mark isn't mark is a abuse survivor and that Mm -hmm. is part of who he is but it Mm -hmm. is also not a single like half-ass character trait that defines him and that's the only thing that mark is yeah 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 I don't know of any other media that handles topics that are this heavy and this real with this much responsibility. And I think it um I think it's emblematic of what makes audio drama great and I think that these creators are some of the best in the industry and having it having that first story end is very strange. <laughs> um yeah. Like for me, because it was one of the first audio dramas that really got me hooked on the medium, it's it's a hard loss to handle, for sure. Um, but I can't wait to see what they do next. Also, fuck Wadsworth. Just fucking... Fuck Wadsworth. But also, oh my Wadsworth. god, what a well-written character. She's so, so well, well acted. So well oh written. Because like, she's as, she is as fucking bad as Dolores Umbridge, but Dolores Umbridge is a goddamn cartoon character. Who is yeah. only designed to be hated? Wadsworth mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is this just fucking like just this vile human being who is one hundred percent convinced they are right. Yeah, and, and like everyone, her reasons for thinking that are yeah, no, she's scared. So real, yeah. yeah, and she's scared for like the people and the things that she loves. I mean, it's horrific, and unfortunately. Unfortunately, something we see all the time in the real world. It's so topical. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, it's topical, but also the way that she's done is so timeless, which I think is very clever. Yes. Yeah. Which, as someone who started listening to Ars Paradoxica tonight, episode, like, three or four (laughs) starts talking about the, uh, uh, starts talking about 
the ethics of nuclear weapons in a way that is 100% both salient in 1943 and 2018. Whoops! Oh, you're gonna love ours. Ours is some good shit. so good! Sorry, well, I mean, there was an Ars Paradoxica episode of The Bright Session, so I guess it kind of makes sense here. It ties in, it ties in. They're like siblings. So, Gavin, we have talked for a little while about the finale of the yes. Bright Sessions. I'm so glad that you made it to this point. Is there anything else you want to touch on that we haven't touched on yet? Um, don't listen to podcasts the way I did. Don't because do it. I, don't do it. I wish I had. <laughs> well, it's it's not in a, it's not a good way to consume content. Like, I wish I had spent weeks waiting for episodes of The Bright Sessions. I wish I had had time to develop the characters. It is an interesting yeah. experiment because I, I like I knew The Bright Sessions was already well constructed enough to survive it quote binge listening, but I also kind of wish I had time to develop more stupid fan theories and Mm-hmm. become more attached to these characters and have time to have done re-listens and stuff like that and try to pick out details um, mm-hmm. and not just be like, ah, shit, I got three more hours of this. All right, I'm going to listen to five. I'm going to listen to 20 minutes of a Bim Bam episode so I don't have to listen to Caleb be sad for now and then I'll come back to <laughs> it. <laughs> like I was rationing other podcasts so I wouldn't be completely <laughs> sick of the bright sessions and that's not how, that's not a good way to enjoy the show. Nah, I'm sure you'll be re-listening, though. Um, yep. And I think that the characters will all be ones who will stay with you for quite some time. Also, keep keep your ear to the ground for shows that maybe aren't as long in the tooth, but have something you can equally grab onto. Uh, yeah. We talked about the Amelia Project's season one finale on the last mm-hmm. spoiler, uh, Spoilers Ahoy. That is a perfect example of a podcast that has... Uh, that has characters you can kind of latch into and discuss and have fun with. There, there are so many shows running right now that mm-hmm. maybe aren't f- four seasons old and you have all these p- episodes to listen to, but it would behoove you to get into it now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I know a lot of people who are, like, waiting to binge listen things. They're, like, stockpiling. I would implore you to not do that and to let yourself sit and wait for episodes to come out, like Gavin says. I think it really... I get binge listening, um, and I think that there are shows that are more bingeable than others, yes, but I think totally. that pretty much across the board, like, shows are released in certain ways, and if they were meant to be binged, they are likely going to be released as such, mm-hmm. um, and you should give shows the patience that they deserve. Or if, you, if it's a Gimlet show that was released all at once, just don't listen. Yeah. <laughs> That way, you you don't have to wait each week to ignore it. They you can just a, ignore the whole thing at once. Hey, we got all of Sandra's right here in a nice little box, so you can just push it into the pile of who gives a fuck and not bother with it anymore. <laughs> all right, this has been Spoilers Ahoy, our our side series where we talk about spoilers about things. If you want to hear us talk about podcasting in a more general sense, you are on the feed for Tuned and Dialed Up, which is... Will and I show about podcasting. Our last episode, yep. which was uploaded a few days ago, was with uh, the wonderful Ellie of 
Well, you do. You know her socials better than I do. Why don't you do this well? Oh, I sure do. Yeah, uh, Ellie or Elena Fernandez Collins. Uh, she writes for Bellow Collective. She writes the audio dramatic newsletter. She is Showmark on Twitter. That's at S H O M A R Q. She is wonderful. She was our uh, most recent guest, and she is spectacular. And where can people find you online? Oh, yeah. People can find me on Twitter at, at Will, w, Will W Writes. That's W I L W underscore Writes. I write for Bellow Collective as well and Discover Pods and Will Williams Reviews. That's W I L Williams uh, dot reviews. And I have a newsletter and a whole bunch of other junk. Gavin, where can people find you? People can find me on Twitter at The Pod Report. T H E P O D R E P O R T. It's where I tweet about. Uh, podcasts and things that are fun in the podcasting world. And right now I'm dragging people who are defending that garbage paragraph in that New Yorker review of Incredibles 2. Because Oh, so I... bad! <laughs> let's, let's just be honest here, man. I, run, I have run a podcast for 18 months that reviews weird and wild erotica that we found for sale online. So when people are like, you're being a prude about a boner joke, I am like fucking... I have a PhD in not being affected by <laughs> sex jokes. Yeah, you have a PhD in boner jokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, the pod report is where you can find me. And if you want to uh, find this show on social media, at tuned in, dialed up, we'll find us on Twitter. And our website is dialeduppodcast.wordpress.com. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you, Will, for thank joining you. me today. And a special yeah. thanks to my girlfriend, who is currently asleep because she has to wake up in six hours and I've just turned off the air conditioning and shut the door to the bedroom for better audio <laughs> so she's making a huge sacrifice while unconscious so I need to oh, know go fix hero. that <laughs> okay. bye everybody <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>